Hey there, just a content warning before this episode, we talk frankly about abortion. So if that is something that is uncomfortable to you, feel free to tune out now and no hard feelings. This is the Shit You Need to Know podcast. I'm your host, Martha Riley. I'm a TEDx speaker, cheese pizza lover, and master human connector. I help introverts, people with social anxiety, and awkward humans of the world find confidence, connection, and their cool factor. Have you ever been to a party and someone asked you a question that you didn't know the answer to? Yeah, me too. It fucking sucks. But that's where I come in. I'm asking the questions so you'll have the answers. So sit back, relax, because there's shit we need to know. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Shit You Need to Know podcast. As always, we will start off with a question. And my question this week is, do you feel the effects of Mercury retrograde? And I know I did a similar question a few weeks ago, but I needed to do another one because for some reason these last few weeks, there have been good parts about the week, but there has been parts that are like so incredibly shitty that I just want this whole like lunar fucking planetary phase over and done with. Um, so I'm not going to go into like what Mercury retrograde is. Basically, planets align and shit. Um, you can look it up on yourself. You can look it up on your own time. But if you are interested in responding to this poll, you can find me on Instagram at Real Martha Riley. The poll goes out Wednesday after the episode. So if you are still here after the little content warning, welcome. I know this is going to be a very hot button topic for many of you because abortion is is a hot button topic. That's that's all there is. That's all I was trying to say. Um, I talked this week with Amanda Kingsley, and she is an abortion support life coach. So basically, she helps women after their abortions like feel normal, normalize what happened, and work through any of the feelings that they have. We talk a lot about her personal abortion. Um, I don't have any experience with this, so I am a total newbie. Um, we talk, but we, you know, we go in depth. Like, how did she feel? Why did she do this? Um, we absolutely do not get any into any political things. So, if that's what you are here to do and to comment on, please take that elsewhere. That is not a space. That is not this space. This is a very safe and engaging and welcoming space to talk about this because it is important. It's something that a lot of women go through and maybe you didn't realize it. Um, Amanda says that when she started talking about this, people came out of the woodwork and were like, wow, like I had an abortion too, but I've never told anyone about it because I didn't feel comfortable. So maybe that's you. And if it is, I and if you're feeling a little lost, I encourage you to listen or reach out to Amanda to, you know, get some support and get get what you need, really. 
So before I do any more rambling, I'll just get into it. Um, Amanda can take it away. She's a lovely guest. And I learned a lot about abortion and how to talk about it and some of the feelings that people go through after this procedure. So here it is. I am a, well, I am now launching a business in, I had a business in life coaching. I'm sort of relaunching a business in life coaching because I was called to work with women who have experienced abortion. So it's a totally new trajectory. I'm really excited about it. However, I don't feel like it's something I picked. Like, I feel like it picked me, (laughs) if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me more about that. What do you mean by it picked you? Yeah. So I have been a women's health advocate since I was, I mean, since I was a girl, really. I studied women's studies in college. I always knew I was drawn to pregnancy and birth. So that was sort of always a thing for me. Um, Studied women's studies in college. I was sort of the one who like played devil's advocate all the time and just like pushed the limits. But I loved, I loved the studies. I learned a lot and I moved into midwifery school after that. I wanted to be a home birth midwife. My path just kept getting directed and redirected as they tend to do. And I always, always was a, someone who identified as pro-choice but I was also someone who thought I, I support women for any decision they need to make for their health, and I, whether that's physical health or mental health or whatever it is. That felt really clear to me. But at the same time, I always thought, but I would never choose abortion. <laughs> so it was this like lingering, like, uh, what's the word? Like almost like a disclaimer in my in my in my stance was like I totally support all women, but I could never choose that myself. And then of course I had three beautiful children. Was totally done having babies. I've been with my husband since high school. It's like super long relationship. Lots of safe sex. No unplanned pregnancies. And I'm almost 40, I'm done having kids, and I get pregnant. And we were both like, what? (laughs) This is not happening. So then I had to rethink all of my stance. And uh, part of that for me, there was this bizarre, it was really challenging time, but there was this bizarre like knowing that it was happening for a reason right? Again, like, I don't know if that makes sense to you or the listeners, but there was this just like knowing that this was about more than making this choice for my family and for me and for myself. And that this baby, I actually, I'm writing a book about it and I call this pregnancy, the immaculate IUD removal, because it just was so bizarre to me that I could have an IUD fall out and not know about it. I'm like super in tune to my body and like everything um, about it. What? How did something fall out? Did you not right? notice it? Oh so my crazy. goodness. Like I'm the mother who like felt the egg like implant into my uterus. I'm like, oh, I just like, I just got pregnant. Like I felt it happen. Like I feel everything. It's crazy. So it just like throughout this entire unplanned pregnancy and the 
choice to abort and the abortion and the healing after the abortion, I just had this knowing that like this somehow, I still don't understand how happened for a reason. And so it's led me, it took about two years. So my abortion was about two years ago. It took about two years of me processing and processing and like getting braver and braver and braver to be able to say, like, just stand up and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm here. I've been called to support women after this experience because there's such a huge stigma we need it. There's so many women out there struggling. Uh, one in four women have abortions. Many, many of them are already mothers. I forget what that statistic is. And they're struggling and they need help and they need a voice and they need people to start speaking light into the whole thing. And so that's what I mean by, I feel like I was called to it. That was a really long explanation. <laughs> Hey, long explanations are good. I have two follow-up questions with that. Um, One, was this a hard decision for you? Or because you mentioned that you already had kids, you're like, oh no, like this is just something we need to do. It's totally okay. We're coming at it from like a medical perspective. And once you felt that you started sharing the story more and more, did more women come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, me too, this happened to me? Or have you felt really alone standing on this island? Yeah, great questions. So the first question is, I knew what I had to do, but that didn't make it easy. Like, you know, when you have, you know what you have to do, but it's still really, really hard. It was really sad. It was really confusing. It was really overwhelming. I had, I did have a lot of clarity. In many ways, I felt like it would have been easier to have a baby, right? Like everyone be on my side, like, oh, I can't believe this happened to you. This is crazy. Like, we're totally here to support you, (laughs) right? Like, I felt like I knew I was a good mom. I knew I could do it. I knew I was in a healthy marriage. I like I had a safe place to live. Like I had all the things that in some ways would have made it easier to choose to have the baby. But I knew that that wasn't what I was supposed to do. And so it was hard. Uh, it was hard to, I don't, I don't know if pull the triggers the right way to say it, but to really just finalize that decision was not easy, but it was clear. It felt really clear for me. And the second question, oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) The second question, did what did it look like when I started sharing my story? Uh, I was pretty upfront in my more intimate community, like friends and family. I wasn't, I'm not, I'm a pretty transparent person, so I'm not a secret keeper. Felt really clear that I needed to share with the people in my circle. So it didn't take long for me to share in that circle. And people were super supportive. Even people I didn't expect to be so, you know, people who had really strong religious beliefs or and such. That there were definitely people who made it harder, you know, pulled at my heartstrings a little bit more. But mostly, yeah, people came out of the woodwork, like people telling me I, you know, in their 60s, 70s, like I've never told anyone, but I had one too. Or story after story after story, like, I know I've been through this, I remember. And I just like, remember looking at people thinking like, how have you never told me this? 
And then, so it was people I knew, but then also people I didn't know when I got brave enough to share it in social media, people I knew and didn't know reached out to me. About a year ago, I decided that I was going to write an article for Mothering Magazine. I figured that would be like a Mothering Magazine um, is pretty well-known publication in the parenting world. So I thought that would be a way to like break the ice. Like, can I handle it? <laughs> because as soon as you go into a publication like that, it like the real like trolling comes out and the, the, you know, really angry people start talking to you about murder and baby killers and, your children are going to hate you when they find out you killed their sibling and the whole thing. I was like, if I can handle that, then I can do this work. And so that was a bit of a test for me. Um, and again, st like story after story, strangers messaging me and thanking me for speaking out and telling me their stories and the people who have trusted me with their story and found, found me to be a safe space. Uh, there's nothing more I treasure than being able to hold that space for people. Uh, so it's been really, really powerful. <laughs> That's great to hear because I'm, I'm sure really sadly is that it's probably not that for a lot of people. I, I mean, I, so I live in Minnesota. We're, we're a pretty like blue state, not to bring politics into it, but we are, we do lean pretty liberal um, but I was driving through a part of Minnesota recently that is not so liberal. It's, it, it's you know, made up of older people. And I saw a sign that says, life begins at conception. And I'm like, so you're, and I don't want to get too political into this because I don't, <laughs> I, I want to remain neutral, but I also feel strongly on this. You're telling me that a bunch of cells is a human. I I disagree with that. So I I just I I applaud you really for standing up, especially in this time of you know the world. I feel like yeah, it's, it's extra hard to right do now. that. Um, so congratulations to you for doing that. Um, and and did you have a great support system behind you to really rally behind you in those tough moments? I did, but you know what? I made a decision pretty early on to be my own best support system. So. I knew that I ultimately had to make the decision and I decided not to tell anyone until I'd made the decision. Cause I didn't want, I mean, I told my husband, we did make the decision together, but I didn't want other people's opinion to factor into my decision-making. I wanted them to know about my choice, but I didn't want to hear their opinions. And so I pretty much didn't, tell a lot of people until after I decided because that felt like it felt like I needed to know that I had my own back right if everyone bailed on me because you don't know what you're you don't know what the reaction is going to be from anybody anybody you love or don't love or know or don't know so I made a decision pretty early to like have my own back no matter what people how people reacted and that made a really big difference and i you know i had that tool from my own experience in women's health from my experience in coaching from my experience as a doula like i knew enough to know that i wanted to do it in a way that i wouldn't regret no matter what anybody told me 
For sure. I love that. And another question I have is, how do you really set those boundaries with people? Because you're like, okay, I don't, I don't want to hear your opinion. Like, I love you. I respect you. But no. Did you just tell people that? Because I feel like that's a life lesson we all could learn and that could apply to many things too. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's the way I approach it is actually like, I'm totally open to your opinion. Um, but I'm not going to give you my power right? You can give me any opinion you want um, about yourself or about me, but I'm not going to give, and I haven't always been this way. (laughs) And I still am a person who very much wants to be approved of. I want validation. I like it when people are on my side, but at the same time, I know the reward in just standing my ground is big. So like, I don't want to speak it like it's been easy. It's been very, very challenging, but I know how important it is. So I'm open to hearing anyone's opinion. Like literally when people tell me I'm a baby killer, like, I'm like, I respect your opinion, (laughs) but I don't, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to own it myself. I'm not going to let you inject it into me and I'm not going to give you my power by letting you crush me, right? By letting your opinion knock me down. I have learned the tools to be able to do that um, and it takes learning. But once you can do that, you only set boundaries for yourself, right? Like the boundary is like, you can have whatever opinion you want, but I'm going to walk away. Not like you can't tell me what you think. It's more just like, you can tell me anything you want, but I'm going to walk away. So there's a lot of strength in that. And that's what I teach my clients. That's what I, how I work with women is like, we can't change the world. We can't change the politics. We can't change the religion, but we can change our reaction to it. And so we don't, the only boundaries we need to set are for ourselves. That's where the power is. That's where we like just find our strength. And, you know, I tell people like your abortion can be a pillar of your strength. It doesn't have to be a part of, it doesn't have to be a point of weakness. So it, it takes work. It's not easy. Um, it takes a lot of attention, but it's so worth it. It gives you so much of your own, it, keep you get to retain your own power yeah i think that's great and i think a lot of things allow you to do that as well um so here is the part of the show uh where i ask like three fun questions um and they're not related to anything that you're talking about so the first one is what is your most embarrassing moment that has ever happened to you oh geez um i have a terrible memory Terrible, terrible, terrible memory. You can put one of your kids on the spot too if you remember what they did. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, dear. Uh, So this is like the Say Anything podcast, right? Yes, it is shit you need to know. Go for it. Yeah, I don't know how much TMI I want to go here, but you don't have to include it in the recording if you don't want. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) I'll I'll make that choice. Oh, this happened to me recently. So I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, what the hell? I've never felt this feeling before. And I'm sitting in a pool of my own blood because my stupid period is so heavy right now. Not like right now, right now, but like in this happening. And I get out of bed and I 
walk down the stairs and there is a trail of blood all behind me into oh, the bathroom. No. <laughs> my husband wakes up and he's like cleaning up this like murder scene with me. <laughs> like, welcome to being a woman. This is fun. <laughs> Oh no. So, there you go. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if embarrassing is the right word, but it was definitely one of those moments where I'm like, is this really happening? Like, this is not really happening. Like, such a such a mess. Such a mess. I feel like yeah. when so you're you <laughs> when you're younger, you're you kind of like it, it maybe like when you're male, you kind of just don't acknowledge that periods and stuff exist. And so like when if they portray it in movies, I know people are like you what's that i'm like yo right? that's real life like yeah. hate to break it this to is you. what really happens to women at night they're cleaning up trails of blood from their bed to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> well on that note what's There's your thing you need to know <laughs> where what is your favorite frozen pizza Ooh, um frozen pizza so there's this pizza oh man I wonder if you guys have this in, in Minnesota. It, it's got this mustache on it and you can actually like pop the mustache out of the box and like they, they cut it out so you can like shove it up your nose. It looks like you have a mustache. It's the most bizarre thing, but my kids love it. And I really like the pizza. Like I don't love most frozen pizza, but I really like this pizza. So yeah, again, terrible memory recollection, but it's probably the only frozen pizza box with a big mustache on it. What does human connection mean to you? And I know that's a really vague question, but answer it any way you want. Well, I like kind of laughed as soon as you said it because, um, so I actually have two life coaching businesses. One is with women after abortion and the other is called Connected Growth. <laughs> and um, I co-coach with a woman who, focus, who like focuses on feng shui. So we use feng shui. I don't know if you've ever heard of feng shui. Could you just explain it for the people yeah. who don't know? So feng shui is like the art of placement in your house. And it's ancient, ancient tradition, like Chinese wisdom. Um, and so you arrange your home in a way that matches the life that you want to live. So like your home has a wealth area, your home has a children area, your home has a love area. So we work together and um, our business is called Connected Growth Coaching. So connection is huge for me. I love this podcast, right? Like your podcast, because this is the kind of stuff that connects us, the stuff that we're not talking about, <laughs> abortions and tattoos and, you know, all this stuff. Like that to me is connection. It's like when we break the surface layer and start talking about real life, and it means everything. And it's what's, I think, lacking in this world is connection to ourselves, connection to others, connection to spirit um, in whatever form that is for you, God, universe, Buddha, I don't, whatever it is. So connection is a really big word in my life. I love that you asked that question. Awesome. And so taking that theme of connection, how did, you know, life after your abortion go? Were you more like, okay, life coaching right away? You said you, you mentioned you had to take time to process everything. What was the process sort of after that all happened? Yeah, no, I definitely took time. My abortion was two years ago and literally just this 
within the last month, I'm really, really nailing down my focus to work with women after abortion. So it took a long time. I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of healing. I had to process a lot of feelings because the weird thing about abortion is that there's all these like conflicting feelings. Like you feel this deep sadness, but then you're like, well, why am I sad if I don't regret my decision? And I know I made the right choice. And I believe this is like an amazing thing that women have access to. Like what's with the sad, what's with the grief? Like, so there's all this confusion, I think more so than anything else I've experienced in my life. Right? Like there's shame. Like why, why would why do I even have shame again if I know I made the right choice and I feel really good about it? Um, where does that come from? So there's all those like layers of like personal experience and cultural experience, and I had to move through all of that. So I really spent the last two years like making sure I was good because I can't help other women unless I'm good. Like I got to be solid. I got to be rock solid. Otherwise their stories trigger me into my own shame, my own grief, my own sadness. If I haven't processed that stuff in myself, then I'm going to be a hot mess when my client tells me their heartbreaking story, right? I got to be able to help them find the strength and the peace in their story. And I can't do that if I haven't done the work myself. So it, it was a journey. It's just been a journey um, of tears and sadness and relief and joy and gratitude and just processing. What are your tips for finding peace in those turmoil and traumatic situations? Did you maybe meditate, journal? Mm. What are some tips for just like really stressful things in our life? Yeah. So first, like, one of my first tips is to just allow all the feelings, just whatever you're feeling, like don't resist it. Don't fight it. Just allow it literally like feel it in your body. Ask it questions like, where is this coming from? What is this about? Is this mine? What do I need to do with it? Can I move it? Um, so literally like feel your feelings. That's a big one. Cause most of us don't take time to do that. So like for my abortion, like when I needed to cry, I didn't just like bust out in the grocery store crying, but I didn't like fight it or judge myself. So I never judged myself for my feelings. Yeah. So feel your feelings. Writing is a big one for me, but I'm like a bullet journaler. I don't, um, and I don't like write paragraphs. I'm just like kind of like brain dump, like dump out all my thoughts that's a big one. I don't meditate in like a traditional way. Sometimes I do sit like legs crossed really quiet, but more I just like, I ask a lot of questions and then I remain open to hear the answer. And it sounds so strange, like for people who are not in that world, but like hearing it Sometimes it's just a knowing. Sometimes I'll get a phone call that makes it clear to me. Sometimes an ad will pop up on Facebook. Like, just like asking questions and then paying attention to where, what the answers are and not caring where they come from, right? Like, I am not traditionally spiritual in that, like, I'm not religious in any one particular way. So for me, it's not like God sent me an answer, but it kind of is. It's like, someone send me an answer. I don't care where it comes from, <laughs> but you have to ask and then pay attention. So I do a lot of that. 
yeah, and just like journaling, meditation, listening. I listen to a lot of mentors and like Abraham Hicks on YouTube has, has just been so helpful for me. So just kind of trusting and finding faith in whatever places I can. And those are the tools I try and help other women to find um, among many, many other things. So I have not experienced abortion, but I have experienced um, some personal like women's health issues. Yeah. Birth control is a really, I don't know, fickle beast. It's great, but it sure is. doesn't work for everyone. So how I really got through that was it, it just took time for me. It was like, okay, like if this isn't working, try something else. I was always an yeah. advocate for my own body. Um, yep. and so maybe what are some of your tips or, and what's your message to women around my age, maybe that 20 to 30 age range or older who are struggling with these health issues? Like when it gets tough, like how can we keep going through that? Like, does it pay off at the end? Have you seen, you know, your life improve after going through this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, this was really like one of I, I call it my gift. Like it was totally a gift in my life. I wouldn't have ever chosen it. I wouldn't necessarily, like I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Um, but it, I've learned so much and grown so much. And for anyone who's struggling with anything, like whether it's a women's health issue or a, the loss of somebody, like my biggest tip is just, again, it's almost that like ask questions and then stay open. Be open to all different kinds of perspectives because it may be some weird healing modality that's like the thing that's going to work for you or it may be connecting your physical discomfort to your emotional body or it may be so never give up right like whatever the pain is physical or emotional or mental that you're going through like don't ever think you've exhausted your resources because you haven't and someday something's going to click or two things that you kind of leaned into are going to both click together and be the magic combination. So I guess that's my advice is just like never give up on your own healing what no matter what kind of healing it is because there's so many perspectives out there and so many healers and so many people who want to help like keep looking and you will find what you're looking for. And then what are maybe your I guess words of wisdom for someone who is looking to make this really hard decision of having an abortion but people aren't necessarily supporting her where can she find support or what can she do to maybe turn those haters off in, in a way? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I don't think there's one answer, but for sure, like seek help if you can through therapy or health providers or life coaches, seek help, help if you can. Cause we are my, one of my favorite mentors says we are herd animals. Like we're not meant to do this alone. And abortion is one of those things a lot of women try and do alone. And that makes it really hard because human beings aren't meant to do anything alone. So that I think is important. Like find one or two people you can connect with. Or if it's not even a person, like find a blogger, find um, like my website, find someone who you can start to like process it with. Journaling, 
just finding ways to trust yourself and to stay focused on the end vision. Like, why am I making this choice? I made my choice for my living children, for my marriage, for my future career. Like, I knew that I did not want to have another baby. So thinking about the decision I had to make or the procedure was really hard. But thinking about the life, the vision of why I was making the decision made it manageable. So focus on the end result, focus on the light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Shit You Need to Know podcast. Again, if you want to reach out to Amanda, her website is amandastarkingsley.com. It'll be in the show notes. She is a wonderful resource for you if you had an abortion and need any kind of emotional support. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Shit You Need to Know podcast. I've set up a phone number in case you have a question you need answering or just want to talk. Feel free to give me a ring at 301-941-7448. That's 301-941-SHIT. Also, don't give me a ring. No one does that. You can text the number too. I don't know why I said ring. If you enjoyed this episode of the Shit You Need to Know podcast, feel free to subscribe on iTunes and rate it five stars.